0: OMG OMG OMG. Welcome to OMG. It's the O Marigale Radio Show. I'm your host, actress, Arthur, Evangelist, and a content creator. And I absolutely love serving motivation. It's the perfect blend of motivation and inspiration. And I am super excited today because one of my dear girlfriends has come along for the ride and we are going to encourage you. She's a master motivator. Her name is RJ Jackson. And let me just give you a little bit of information about her. She's been traveling the world for over 20 years, empowering and encouraging others. She's also a human traffic advocate. She's an author. She's a master motivator, a coach, I could go on and on. I promise you, I could spend the entire hour just talking about my good girlfriend. So would you be so kind as to welcome to the conversation, my good girlfriend, R.J. Jackson. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Thank so you excited. So shine. You are more than welcome. You're more than welcome. <laughs> I just love you. And I'm so glad that we get to have a conversation and yeah. everybody gets an opportunity to eavesdrop on said conversation. So yeah. today we're going to be talking about transformation, transformation and all that transformation involves. But before we jump into that, I usually start off asking my guest a very important question that I believe helps my listeners Understand that though they may see you at a mountaintop now, baby, there was some valleys that you had to go through and get over in order to get to that place. So I generally like to ask my guest, what was one of the most difficult or challenging situations, a situation where you thought this was it? and it was a nobody but God moment. He stepped in and he saved you for it, or it was the moment where some things became so crystal clear to you that you had no choice but to rush towards that thing. So can you share that with our um, with our listeners today?
1: Oh, it would be my pleasure. And actually, I wanna say it was this morning when I woke up. Woo,
0: <laughs> well, all right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Remembering that yesterday is over. And it's a new day. But in reality, Mara, I've had, as you know, so many experiences of God's grace covering me where hell tried to take me and God pushed back hell on my behalf, told hell, no, that's my girl, my daughter. You can't have her because I have a work for her to do. Rather that was dealing with and recovering from and living with lupus Mm -hmm. living with a rare eye disease, being in not one, not two, but three and one major life-threatening auto accident. I can tell you, if it had not been for God, I couldn't tell you where (laughs) I would be right now.
0: Well, let me say this, because the way that the medicine gets administered to our listeners is by them seeing, hearing, hearing and knowing what that experience was about. So I'm going to give you a few moments to actually unpack that. Um, we're, we're we're not gonna uh, do a drive-by. I want you to unpack one of those situations so that they can actually be taken on the journey of what it was like while you were in the darkness or while you were in the valley or while you were in the Mercury Merc and not knowing what was gonna come next. You pick one and unpack that for our listeners because somebody needs to know Trouble doesn't always last, always, and that it came to pass and not to stay. So, why don't you go ahead and take a moment? I'm going to give you the floor and allow you to unpack that for our listeners. Thanks.
1: Awesome. I'm used to traveling, so I honestly love unpacking. Most people wait till like three days later, but I start unpacking as soon as I get in the house. Like, let's get this done and over with. So, I'd be honored. To unpack some of my story for you so that you my friend can see yourself as the hero in your own story let me start with my glasses I I know you know they're rocking right let me just tell you a little bit about them they are totally fashion glasses they don't help me see a thing okay so as I unpack my story about vision I want you to know that I at an early age was diagnosed with a rare eye disease that at the time when I was diagnosed, one in 50,000 people were also affected. I want you to know that I am number one out of one in 25,000 people today who suffer with a rare eye disease called keratoconus. Now, let me just break that down for you. So as Mara said, unpack it for you. So with carenaconis, if you were to take one of those old school cameras, if you know what I'm talking about, they've actually come back out. They're the Polaroid cameras. And you were to put that on unfocused, well, that's typically what I see on a daily basis. Had it not been for one doctor who, unlike the other doctors kind of gave up because they weren't prepared, equipped, or qualified to deal with the eye disease, I wouldn't actually be able to function today, but because like Helen Keller said, just because a person has insight, eyesight doesn't mean they have vision, but because the doctors, Dr. T in particular, didn't give up on me. I also have vision where I can see better than I could have seen without it. And let me tell you how I'm able to do that. Most people wouldn't believe this, but the truth is I have a piece of glass in my eye that allows me to have vision and to be able to see you. But God already created me, designed me and shaped me so I could see you regardless of my natural eye because I literally, Mara, get to see people with my heart. So I see beyond who they are and I see the possibility of who they can become. And because I have this special, Condition, I get to help people see it, and that is who they really are beyond their circumstances, be it, be their authentic self, and live it with joy. And so where most people would say, oh, that's so bad. I go, no, it's so great because I'm so uniquely me, and I get to help you be so uniquely you, girl, man. <laughs>
0: I love it. I love it. So when you got diagnosed with this rare challenge, I mean I know where you are now because I know you to be a motivator. And I get it. I get it. This glass gives you this whole new insight and and the vision to be able to cast the vision. But it is the dark place that my listeners struggle with. They don't struggle with the mountaintops. We all have the mountain. We love being at the place where everything is good and I've accepted it. But it is when a thing happens, what do you, what did you feel? What did you experience? What did you think you were going to have to get up before you got to the place of, Oh, wow. This affords me an opportunity to see beyond what I saw before. This gives me another backstory to be able to encourage somebody to see beyond what they can see. And you got to see it before you see it or you'll never see it. So I get all of that stuff. I want to know that if you weren't the motivating force that I know you to be. I want that person to speak in this moment, because it's those words that that person who just got diagnosed with a rare disease, or that person who has just had a limb and maybe amputated, or that person who only has 20% hearing in their ear, they're in that dark moment, and they're going to get there. But they need to know that there's somebody who's experienced what they're currently experiencing. I get it. Okay. And so,
1: (laughs) and I love how you actually put it. So let me just share like this. Every day is a dark moment when you can't see because the truth of the matter is light through the eyes bring light to the heart and to the soul. And so when you can't see and I can't promise you, Mara, that I'm at the mountaintop because I still don't have vision in one eye. I can't promise you I'm at the mountaintop because I still have to walk by faith and literally not by sight. And so every day offers moments of darkness. But I have to really focus on what I have and not what I don't have. And how did I get there? I can't really tell you, honestly, but I just know it's been a journey to get there. I need a transplant. I'm still in need of a transplant. And I remember getting the news that I not only qualified, but they had a cornea for me. And when you want to talk about getting through the dark days, well, I thought this was the light until the day before the transplant. I was told they canceled the surgery. Those were some of the darkest moments in my life because I thought there was hope. I thought there was healing. I thought there was possibility. And it was like the rug was literally snatched from under me. And I had days, moments, weeks where I felt unworthy I felt ashamed, I felt sad. Even though I believed, I still had those feelings. And having those feelings kept me from giving and being my best. What I did instead is I questioned myself. I wondered what I did wrong to make this happen the way it happened. I went into a shell and there was a time right before this where, I don't know if you remember this periscope, when periscope was huge, it was big. And I got on there even while recovering from a brain injury and built community and people just gravitated to me. But that moment when my transplant was canceled, it was almost as if half my life was canceled. And although I had built this community, I just all of a sudden stopped showing up. Literally. Just said, I can't do this. It was almost as if I was experiencing what is known as imposter syndrome. Mm. Because here I was walking by faith, confessing, believing, not by sight. And I had this ray of hope that my natural sight was going to be restored. Yeah. It was taken away from me.
0: And I felt like a fake. Mm. Mm. You know, it's a a hard space to be in when people know you as a certain way. And then we know ourselves and have to sit with ourselves. It's kind of like, I remember a girlfriend of mine who desired to be a coach. And she was speaking it and wanted to be it. But while she was getting to that place, she was working a nine to five, but she was encouraging people, of course, to, to pursue their dreams and to, to chase after passion. And she felt like she was being a fraud, you know, or an imposter having the imposter syndrome because she wasn't 100% in that space. But I shared with her the realities of There's always going to be this ebb and flow to what we do. I am an actress, a full-time actress, but there are times that the phone isn't ringing. And when the phone isn't ringing, it doesn't mean I'm any less an actress than when the phone is ringing. I am who I am, right? My gifts and my talents are still present. And every audition is an opportunity to be an actor for the audience that has requested said material from me. And so for Periscope, it's like you felt like the imposter syndrome Because you knew you were having these challenges and you were sad about it. But I I ask you this, and I'm sure you got to this place because I know you to be RJ. We (laughs) end up realizing that even though we don't feel like we should be in that authoritative spot or, or on that stage in front of those people, we get to the point that we really realize when we're in our darkest that when we serve other people, it satisfies something in us that literally feels dead or lies dormant. And I know that's where you got because you were a rock star on Periscope. And and I'm I I am a witness to the rock star ishness <laughs> of RJ.
1: <laughs> but what you're saying is so true. And believe it or not, we're talking about vision, but I had to get my eyes off of myself in order to find the hope and healing that I needed. I needed to put my eyes on something way bigger, even when I couldn't see. I had to see beyond what I couldn't see. And see, hold up, watch this, and see that it wasn't about me.
0: Woo! There it is. But isn't that the answer to the question of, how do you get over depression? How do you get over devastation? How do you get over loss? How do you get over lack? How do you give over? Anytime you want to get over something mountainous, you cannot allow this little bitty brain to start processing and festering that kind of information. I tell people the objects in the mirror appear larger because that's what's on the mirror, right? That's what's on the mirror in the car. But the objects of your mind, they bombard and cloud out everything. So it isn't until you get out of your head space and start focusing on something that you can seed into, sow into, help others grow into, that you take the focus off of you, that things then become high, cope I copasthetic and everything. Oh my gosh, yeah. that is it. Take the focus. It, I love it.
1: You know, there's some truth to the journey that we don't want to leave out, and which you said is what people need to know it's in the journey. And so as I talk about the journey, I'm actually my new book, A Reposition Journey
0: Mm.
1: is what helps people understand how did I get here? Because Mm. I didn't wake up and voila, here I am. Like, no, it didn't happen like that. And let me tell you, I was already renowned, traveling the world, doing what God has called me to do. And Mm -hmm. then bam, Yep. At the same time, you talked about this little brain. Let me tell you yeah. about this little brain. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I tell people this little brain, half of it was left on the. I think it was the ten freeway. I don't even know. Somewhere, somewhere in between where I live in LA, hmm. as a result of a life-threatening car accident. And I know you said hmm. pick one, but but I no, can't this story. No, this-, this is my life.
0: That story right there about the car accident you guys have to listen to this story because I didn't know if my friend the friend that I know was going to 100% be there anymore because there was so there was so much that was lost so so RJ why don't you allow our listeners to eavesdrop, take them through, you know, what happened, what the car accident was like, what the car looked like, what you were not able to do in the midst of it, what the doctors were saying, and then we'll go forward to how you ended up, you know, making your presence known because you refused to just whittle away in the hospital. Yeah.
1: You know, Mara, let me just give a disclaimer and, I know people like details and they like stories, but when you have had a brain injury, you don't have details. Mm -hmm. You don't have the full story. And for me, that's a part of the darkness that I don't even know. I can Mm -hmm. only go by what people tell me. And when people just like are a witness to what happened, everybody has a different version of what really happened. So I've learned to let that go and not allow myself to get caught up in that pain of wondering what happened. Now, there are times I will tell you, like if I'm on the freeway and I see an accident or the traffic gets backed up, my mind will say, I wonder what happened. I wonder if the traffic was backed up. And so I will ask someone who I feel knows the story. And even with that example, I asked one time, like, What was it like during my accident? Do you know? like, Was the traffic backed up? And they were like, are you kidding? The traffic was a full, complete stop. It was a sig alert. Uh, They had to use the jaws of light. Yeah, the traffic was backed up. The freeway was literally shut down. And that tells me the severity of a story that's my story that I don't even know. But I can tell you what the journey has been like recovering. I'm bedbound and get up crawling on my booty to get to where I'm going until I can fit into my wheelchair. Mm. I can tell you what that was like. I mm. can tell you what it was like to lose my independence, to have to depend on someone to do everything for you, basically. I can tell you what that was like. It was hard. It's yeah. still challenging. It's still painful, yeah. but I'm still standing. Yeah. Well, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> <I mean, laughs> like seriously, five years later, I'm still in physical therapy, still trying to learn how to stay on my feet, still walking with a cane, which is progress because it was a wheelchair.
0: That's what I was gonna say. So at, at the heart of it, tell us what, what the symptoms were. I mean. What was it like? How long were you in the hospital? I mean, there's some things that you ended up, I'm sure, finding out about. How long were you in? Were you ever in a coma? Did you shatter or break any bones? You know, what was some of that like? Because right now we know there was an accident. We know the traffic was backed up and we know that now you're still walking with a cane and in physical therapy. But what was it? What was what was your your situation, your diagnosis in the middle of all of that?
1: So, when you have a TBI, traumatic brain injury, Mm -hmm. you cannot articulate what some people find easy to do. And Mm -hmm. that's my story. So, when you ask me to give you all those details, that's too much processing of information Mm. that people knew me normally to be able to do. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I don't do that anymore. And I just be upfront and honest and say, I don't know that. And okay. it would take me a while to think about it. And I don't think you want to wait this long. And so so, you,
0: so, so you were never stopped. informed of how long you were in the hospital and you were never informed that you had any broken bones and you were never informed. You know what I mean? I know I didn't
1: have any broken bones, but that detailed information, there's not space in my brain right now, even if I was told to uh. hold it. So I, I got to get through today. And I got to oh. make a decision. Am I going to go back and try and hold that information or am I going to try and remember what today is?
0: Gotcha. OK, so so it's it's not a working together. It's like an either or. I got to make a conscious choice if I'm going to speak on some stuff that I'm that I know that I live now. Or do I want to take all of this energy and, and try to recall what that was like? Wow. Yeah. That in because itself I- is huge.
1: Mara, you have to understand this. I don't remember what was what I did, okay? Right. I can't even tell you when I remember that. I just remember like one day going, wait, I did this, I did that. I'm, what? Wow. And so it is a choice. It's like having an empty cup and deciding what you're going to pour into your cup. Mm. What you want to drink. mmm and wow. that's what I'm telling you. I lived with the pressure of trying to be who people knew me as until I decided I'm not doing that anymore.
0: Wow! So this reinvention—so this reinvention or transformation literally got birthed out of a void, a void of information, a void of 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 the ability to recall what was, and a reinvention into whom you are, which is interesting because the person you are now is so similar to the person you were before. You get what I'm yeah. saying? Only it you is. have you have much more depth in terms of what you've lived through, um, even if you don't have the memories of the struggle. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Wow. And, and
1: here's just to confirm, you know, See, this is how the brain does. So like, I'm having this conversation right now, not yes. just with you, but in my mind saying, now, is that a word? Are you about to, is that, how you, no, wait, that's not a word. So wow. those yeah. are the daily struggles that I go through where yeah. people are looking at me going, oh, RJ, you can do it. Oh, RJ, you got it. I know I can, but it's going to take me a little longer than it took me yesterday. Yeah. And guess what? I'm okay with that. Yeah, because okay. I have come to terms with this is who I am now. It don't even mean I'm always gonna be this person. Right, this is who I am now, and I'm okay with that. Right, it's just
0: trying to help
1: other people be okay with it.
0: Yeah, because that's always the hardest part. Yeah, that's always the hard. We come to grips and accept things, but people don't. Okay, so let's let's dive into um, the other half or portion. Of our conversation, which, I, you know, we're talking about transformation, but there's a lot of different aspects that I know you to be um, very gifted in, in helping our listeners through some of it. So one of the things that I want to talk about and discuss and unpack with you is starting over after trauma, because that is That's the hardest part of the battle, RJ. And I know you can speak on it, you know, in this hour, in this this particular setting, a little bit better than I can. Um, I've had to start over after trauma, but I'm interviewing you because I want to know with your unique um, traumatic situations, you know, how did you, you know, start over again after trauma? I don't want to sound cliche-ish
1: but it's really a matter of making a decision to get up out of the stupor. Get up and try again. Fall down again, get up and try again. And I had a lot of days that I had to get up. I got up, Mara, and this is a true like story, it's hard to believe, but I got up and I forgot what I said I was gonna do that day. Not because I didn't wanna do it, not because it mm. wasn't important to me, but my mm. brain just wouldn't process it. And I was excited wow. about it. I went to bed like, yes, tomorrow we're going to write this. And tomorrow we're going to do that. And tomorrow came. And I was like, now here's the part. I look in the book because I say, let me write it down.
0: I look in yeah. the book and I yeah. go,
1: what does this mean?
0: Oh, so it was I like gibberish?
1: Girl, I had no clue. I couldn't even... I could read it, but it didn't mean nothing to me in my heart and in my spirit. It was just like.
0: Okay. So there were real words written. It wasn't like gibberish. It's just that the words that were written didn't cause you to want to, to be as excited as you were when you laid down to do it. Wasn't excited. Couldn't figure out why I even wrote it
1: down. Like, where was I going with this? Like, wow. Okay. So when we talk about trauma, number one, we all have trauma. Mm -hmm. various stages, different degrees. At the end of the day, we have to come to a belief that it didn't come to make us bitter. It came to make us better. It didn't come Mm -hmm. to break us. It came to make us. And we got to be willing to get back up. Do you know I'm still getting back up? Yeah. Even even after my neurologist said, oh, you're doing so good. And my physical therapist is like, oh, you're
0: doing so good. I still have
1: to make a decision every day to get back up.
0: Right. Right. That's it. That's true. Absolutely. That's that's so true. So so let me ask this then. How do you how do you maintain hope during challenging times? Because even though it's a struggle, even though you show up, even though you get up, You know, high hopes and maintaining hope during challenging times is it's 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 not like uh, what we call touchable tangible. You know what I mean? Hope can be fleeting. It's like sand or water between your fingers. You know what I mean? You you try to hold on to it and it seems to slip away. So so high hopes and maintaining hope during challenging time. You know, how do you do that? What kind of nuggets can you share with our listeners on how to actually do that?
1: First of all, I recognize where I am Mm. and I recognize my feelings. I accept them. I admit them. If I'm feeling like, oh, this is not going to work. I say, okay, you may feel that way, but who can help you get through? Like, who can you talk to? Who can encourage the courage giver, which is so important. So often we try to do this thing alone and it's so easy to lose our hope when we're trying to do it alone. We are created for connection and we need each other to survive. I could not have made it without people who cared enough for me to remind me who I was, who cared enough for me to remind me that they care about me. They became, as it says in Ephesians, they became the hope bearers for me. They are the people, when I got to the stage, like, finally they picked up. They they filled in the gap for me. So I want to say, number one, don't try to do this thing alone. We weren't created. It was not God's plan. It is not his plan for us to do it alone. Number two, I want to say, just be real about how you feel. Don't fake it till you make it, girl. Tell the truth, man. Tell the truth about who you are, how you're feeling, and where you are, because if we're not honest, we can't move forward. And so when you're feeling like, oh, this is terrible. Admit it, but also realize that you don't have to stay there. I can't say this enough. You don't have to live where you're dying. You don't have to die where you're living. And I don't want to tell you, I felt like that many yeah. a times. Like, what is the point? Yeah. What is the point? But it was someone else who reminded me. And let me just share this quick story. When I was sure. laying in my bed, couldn't uh-huh. remember who I really was and what I had really done. My daughter brought me the mail, Mm -hmm. the mail. And inside of the mail, there was a letter from the coordinator at the Ontario airport. Mm. And I opened it. I'm like, what is this? I open it and I'm reading it. And a little star fell out. It was like a lapel thing you you pin onto you. And the note with it said, thank you for your hours of service. And I was like, I served. Wow. And then it dawned on me. I have served. Yeah. And Mara, that pen and that note gave me hope. Wow. It reminded me that my life mattered, that I had value, that I made a contribution, and that I still could contribute regardless of what I was going through.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I remember when you, I believe it was with the sheriff's department or something. Were you serving with, yeah, I was, I mean, you, because you've always been that, you literally have been a server, a servant, a giver forever. Like all I've ever known of you is to be that, you know, and, and, and so now to know that you're um also an advocate for human trafficking, you know, it's just, yep. You know, it's like, yep. I expect that from our day because that's just <laughs> your heart, you know, to see it and so into others. Did you have any more points on that one? You said one was to uh, don't go at it alone. And and you guys know I'm, I encourage everybody you're, as you're listening to this podcast. I don't care if you're cooking, if you're uh, if you're driving, just go back, listen to it later, but write it down. A long pencil beats a short memory anytime. And she's given some good nuggets. So one, don't go at it alone. Two, you said, be real, locate yourself, be real with your feelings, be authentic. You know, don't lie to yourself and don't lie to other people. Because if you can't tell the truth, then you can't move forward. Um, And then your third, which you didn't state it as a third, but I wrote it down kind of as that, which is remember what was at the core. And, and yours was service, you know, because if you remember what's at the core of you, if you remember your intended outcome, if you remember what your intentions are, there isn't anything that you can't accomplish because then you have the the GPS is programmed now or at least aware that we want to get there. You know, we want to go to that place. So would you say that would be three? And if, if, if so, do you have a fourth?
1: I believe three is perfect, and so I just want to add to number three because my core, my center, as you said, is serving, and I serve God by serving others. And so when I talk about serving, it reminds me of a a story my pastor told one time about whatever you're going through, however you're feeling, go wait tables. In other words, go serve somebody, Mm -hmm. and you will forget all about what you felt hopeless about and your situation because you'll see. It ain't so bad after all,
0: right? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Be, but that's the, that's what I used to do when I had nothing, when I had no car, when 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 my husband left me, when he took the kids, when I had no job, when 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 I had to find a place to live, I volunteered because there it was it was impossible for me to know at least I was staying with a relative and then eventually got an apartment and then eventually got a hoopty, um, knowing that that the people that I was serving were so grateful for what I was giving them. They appreciated my gifts and or my talent and my time and my compassion. And I knew when I left there, I wasn't, going to sleep under a bridge. I wasn't going to be in a sleep under cardboard. I wasn't going to have to layer myself up. I was going to go someplace. It may not up in my house and it may not have been 3000 square foot as before. And it may not have been a brand new BMW like back then. And I may not be coming home to two little kids who just think the sun rises at my uh, arrival. But what I was going to do was a clean place, was a place with warmth, was a place full of love, was a place where people accepted me. And those things are invaluable, you know. And so when you're serving, it reminds you, it puts things in perspective. So so let me segue into an, an, another topic that I wanted to talk to you about. Um, I, I know that you have this growing your greatness, and, and I believe you have some keys to growing uh, your greatness. So you want to unlock some doors to grow in your greatness?
1: <laughs> I, I love that. Let's unlock some doors and let them, be some the, doors. let them be the door that God has you to walk through, right? Yes. I, I don't know about if you've ever had an experience or known someone who's had an experience as such, but my dad told me a story one time, how he had gone into the store and he came out. He wasn't really paying attention, but he saw the car and he was like, Oh, this is my car. He went, he put the key in the car, it opened the door. And oh my gosh, he gets in the car and he's looking, he's like, Wait a minute. This is not my car. Mm. It wasn't his car. And wow, was, how did the
0: key work?
1: Girl, you'll be surprised at how some things work. And I don't know how it worked, but it oh opened that door he hadn't tried to start the car he just realized it was different so he just started looking
0: around he's like this is not my car
1: (laughs) and he he got out (laughs)
0: You, what's weird or interesting, and I'm gonna let you finish this story, but you just jogged my memory on something. I remember once I came outside as I tried to get in the car and I couldn't get in. I was like, what happened to my lock? Call triple A, because I was a <laughs> member of Triple A to have them come and figure out what was wrong with my lock because it wouldn't work. And I'm standing there waiting for Triple A to show up when I realized there was a van between my Lexus. And somebody else's Lexus that looked like mine, and then I look in it and I'm like, oh my gosh, that is not even my car. I was about to have somebody's car towed away because it looked like my car because my view to my car was blocked.
1: Wow, crazy,
0: crazy. So go back to your story. I'm sorry. I forgot all about that. I literally almost, and the the lady came out, she said, I was watching you look at my car and I'm thinking, what is she looking at my car for? Because I had stopped messing with the keys. Thank God I wasn't messing with somebody's car that was crazy or pull out a gun on me or something like that. She said, and I'm sitting there going, why is this lady looking at my car (laughs) like that?
1: It, you know, Mara, but it's a great story, and what you just said, and so many lessons in what you just shared, in terms of our view being blocked yep. and fear, doubt, shame. Yeah. Seeing you know, what we
0: want to see. All those things. Black. Assuming stuff. Yes. See it? We have yes. situations that happen all the time where we assume the worst or instead of just taking a moment and zooming out a little bit. Because when you zoom out, you get you widen your lens. That's a part of like what I normally say in my intro. You get a better angle, a better perspective, a better view when you just zoom the lens out. Sometimes we're so close on a thing that it, it causes us to have this narrow itty bitty vision and yeah. God can't even begin to speak. I don't I'm not going to preach. I want you to talk. Okay. Go ahead. Share yeah. your story. I ain't going to go uh, there right now. Go ahead. Share listen, your story. Listen, I was
1: getting my offering ready. So if you want to <laughs> preach, I got to offer it. Uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> I,
0: I, I want to I wanna uh, hear about growing your greatness. <laughs> three keys to unlock your greatness to life on purpose.
1: Okay, so I guess that means you're not going to say I got an extra 20. Let me put my money back <laughs> in my pocket. Then.
0: Put your money back in your pocket. You can cash out it later if you feel it. Look. <laughs>
1: so when we talk about growing our greatness, let's just start with your story. And I'm just going to add to it. We have to be willing to unblock the view. Yep. Get rid of the fear, the shame, the guilt, the perception of what we think, the negativity. Right? And right. so we unlock our greatness. Let's start with the first key. And Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, everybody can be great because anybody can serve. And when we talk about greatness, it really is about serving, serving other people, being able to see beyond yourself, your situation, your circumstance, and say, I'm here for a greater purpose. And it ain't about me. Like, okay, like, seriously, I might be all that and a bag of chips, but let me help you out. Write this one down. Even chips taste better with a little bit of dip, okay? And the dip is always someone else. So if you want to unlock your greatness, make life about purpose, and purpose is always about other people. That's the first key. The second key is to be intentional. This is a world in which we live in. It's quick. It's fast. it's, It's Uh, Let me just show you this real quick and move on to the next thing. I'm like, seriously, we can't even celebrate what we've accomplished because we're always moving on to the next thing. Take time and be intentional. You want your greatness to shine? Live in the moment. Let people experience your awesomeness and you enjoy the experience of That's your awesomeness good. as well. That's e good. And, and you know. That's good, RJ. And the third gift is, and I'm giving you this, so it's a gift, right? Mm-hmm. It's the key to unlock your greatness. Is be free. Mm-hmm. Be free. Be free from the pain of the past. Learn from it, but be free from it. Be free from fear which paralyzes you and keep you bound and unable to grow and give your best and be intentional, be free. And be free from comparing yourself to other people. Yeah. You know how they say, just be you, boo. Just be there you. go. You know. Be free. Because I don't know. I'm free to be me. I'm free.
0: I'm good at being me too. Yes. And can't nobody I mean, be me better than me.
1: Okay. And girl, sometimes I can't be me, but I'm doing the best at being me that I can be.
0: (laughs) There we go. There we go right there. There we go right there. So, you know, RJ, there is, uh, you know, I could, I could continue this conversation. I could just continue it because there's so many different aspects of your life and the things you've grown through and lived through and experienced that I know my listeners can glean from. I mean, you are, You know, I I like to think I'm one of the most optimistic people I know, but I fail in comparison when I'm standing next to you. Not that there is a comparison, but that I recognize I recognize it in you. And it's 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 almost impossible to put what I do on a scale when I see it so clearly in my friend. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean that my friend doesn't see it in me or that it isn't present. It's just that I recognize it because I'm outside of you looking at you do what you do. Um, I'm so grateful that you live and that you that you freely gift, you know, this inspiration and motivation to others. But I also know you as a person who this is your livelihood, too. You know, this is what you do. You travel around the world. People fly you in. They hire you to come in and coach them into greatness and to prepare them for purpose. Um, So why don't you share in the next three to five minutes? Um, you know, kind of what your next steps are. I know you mentioned you've got a new book that's out called A Repositioned Journey, correct? Yeah, I'm still standing. There you go. I want you to just kind of unpack and share with our listeners a little bit about what you do. um, And then we'll let them uh, know how to keep in touch with you. And we'll go ahead and close out OMG. Just so grateful for the time that I've had with you.
1: Laura. I, I
0: can't even begin to tell you what an honor it
1: is to be here, mm. sitting with you and having this conversation with you. Once again, my friend, I really thank you. And I'm honored to let people know that I didn't die where I was living and I chose not to live where I was dying because on my watch, I want you to live. And so as an international transformational coach and speaker, I help people Understand that there's greatness inside of them. I help them find the keys to live the happy, healthy life that they desire and they deserve to see beyond their circumstances and see what awaits them if they're willing to get back up and try one more time. I especially work with women who take the hurt from the pain of the past and turn the hurt into her story. I want to be your guide and help you become the hero of your own story. And I'd love to connect with each of you. I have a free gift for you. If you would simply go to my website, thecouragegiver.com. That's thecouragegiver.com. There's a free gift of inspiration waiting to meet you to help you start your day every day. It's called a breath of fresh air. So I can help you see it, be it, live it. You can follow me and my journey. I'd love to be a part of yours. Just do that. Go to thecouragegiver.com. That's thecouragegiver.com. And let's connect on purpose. Mara, thank you so much once again for having me today.
0: You are more than welcome. And you've got it on the, uh, right there. It's The Courage giver.com because she's known as the Courage Giver, because she gives courage. That's <laughs> what my girl does. She gives courage. RJ, thank you, thank you, thank you for blessing us with your gifts and your presence and your wonderful spirit. You know, I absolutely positively love you. And there is absolutely positively nothing you can do about it. And that is that. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And and to my uh, listeners, I just want to thank you so much for tuning in, leaning in and listening up. For those that are new listeners, I thank you for rolling with me. And for those that are longtime listeners, thanks for adding such sweetness to my hot tea. Um, you know, you guys are amazing. You can always connect with me at Mara Gale on all social media. My website is maragale.com. And of course, the OMG show is on uh, at up to me radio.com up to me radio.com there you'll find my podcast. Uh, both current broadcast and podcast, as well as uh, some of the ones that are from the past, so you can always go back and check them out. And you can catch my podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. All you have to do is search up to me radio and OMG up the number two me radio and OMG, and there you can check me out on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher app, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, I'm super excited that you have chosen my show to, to tune in, lean in and listen up. And again, I thank you. And I thank my special guest, RJ. Uh, I love you guys. Until next time, be blessed, be encouraged. And as my girl would say, be free to be you, or in this case, I'm free to be me. God bless